Hey everyone, welcome to Cornerstone Fellowship Church Online. My name is Christian and I'm the online campus pastor. Happy Mother's Day. Cornerstone Fellowship is one church in the San Francisco East Bay that meets in homes all over the Bay Area, the state, the country, and even around the world. But wherever you are today, welcome or welcome back. Each service and each sermon that you attend here online has one goal. Our mission is to help each one of us take our next step with Jesus. And no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, we want to make it easier for you to grow, to change, to grow closer to Jesus. And perhaps your next step is to put your name in the chat or to sign up for a smaller group or just giving us your email address so we can send you ways to get to know the people that make up this church community. Uh, take a moment also before you forget to follow us on social media or visit our super, super helpful website. But before we do anything else, I'm so glad that you're here today. I am convinced that you will hear something today that was just for you. So be listening for that. Our lead pastor, Steve Matching, is teaching us today from Psalm 23 in a little bit. But first, let's head over to the living room of our worship leader, John Orozco, where he and his family are going to lead us in some great worship music. Take it away, John. Welcome to Cornerstone. All right, well, hello and happy Mother's Day. Uh, such a good day. And today is really unique. It's special. We get to lead worship here in our living room with my family. And happy Mother's Day to you, Rebecca. You are the best. Um, this is incredible. I have my son, Noah, and my daughter, Lily, and my son, Isaiah, my daughter, Isabella. And for all of us, I know that we feel like absolutely spoiled by you. And there are many of you out there who are, man, you're just everything to your family. And I want to say thank you uh, for all that you do. This day is about you, absolutely for you. You are a blessing, a gift from God. And sort of in that vein, in that heart, we're going to worship now and sing a song that just, it, it, it's a response to the way that God, he fills our lives with good things. And so let's worship together. We sing, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out, shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out, shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out, shout. Provider, 
protector you are the one I love I believe you are the way the truth the life I believe you are the way the truth the life So we bless the Lord. Come on, we sing. So bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out, shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out, shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let within me shout shout out bless the Lord of my soul and let all that's within me shout out oh amen it's so good there's a million things to say thank you God and I bless your name and we're just reminded of one of those things today on this Mother's Day weekend this thing that that God designed that's defined by motherhood and just such love and kindness and there's so many of you out there who you're just everything to your family and and we're just glad to have a day like this to celebrate you and to think about you and to thank god for you and so we're going to take a, a look at a video of some moms who are just crushing it right now so glad you're with us are you recording yeah oh Outside of the house, I feel nervous and anxious and scared because I don't know what's gonna happen. But inside the house, I feel extremely thankful and grateful to have this time with my family. Um, I appreciate my mom because when I'm bored, uh, she comes over and she plays with us on our Nintendo Switch. These days, I am feeling overwhelmed, unprepared to teach three different grades, undershowered, and really tired of hearing about Minecraft. I love how my mom is kind. I like how mom lets me color every day. I like how my mom loves me. I love that my mom learned how to play Minecraft with me quickly. I am doing okay. There are some times where it's really stressful because I feel like I'm being asked to wear a lot of hats and some of them I've never had to wear before, and now I'm wearing them all at the same time. I feel like there's a lot of silver lining in the situation, and there's some beautiful things that are happening in our family because of this extended time together, and it's making me really hopeful. What I love about my mom is that she helps me with my homework. Wait, Dad does that. <laughs> what I love about my mom is she's the best mom to be stuck with in quarantine. I love my mom because she snuggles me a lot. Um, during this shelter in place, I'm doing all right. Um, I was feeling a little anxious in the beginning because everybody was kind of worried about the same thing, which is the unknown, but it's been good. I've been feeling really good and feeling uh, very supported and very much loved by the whole family. She cooks special foods for us, like our favorite, mashed potatoes and chicken meatballs. 
one of the things I like about her is that is that she's really cuddly. I go to her bed every morning and cuddle with her and she holds me very tightly. The first few weeks, the stress and frustration of it, you know, was a lot, but now that we've moved past that, um, I'm just super grateful. What I love most about my mom is that whenever we need lunch, like our food, she always comes over right away, makes our lunch for us, and makes sure we don't get hungry. Thank you, Mama. everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms and mother figures out there. I hope today you feel so loved and celebrated by those around you. And Diane, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you so much. Oh man, it's an incredible Mother's Day being sheltered in place with all my kids. <laughs> but happy Mother's Day to you and to all the mamas out there. Thank you. You know, it's everything you never knew you wanted. Right. Uh, no, I could totally relate to the video and the balance of the feelings of overwhelm and anxiety and frustration during this time but also really loving the extra quality time I get with my boys and the slower pace of our life. Uh, and, you know, we got to slip and slide. So that, that helps make everything better. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I can definitely relate. This season's been filled with so many highs and lows, but it's also been really encouraging because our church has stepped up in incredible ways to serve people in their community. We have a random acts of kindness group across all of our campuses where people can meet the needs of those in their local area. And it's been incredible to watch. And one story that we want to highlight this weekend is a single mama that reached out to us to ask for help and support. I know that this took so much courage for her, as you can imagine, to just ask for that extra help of hand. But because she did, um, we were able to give her two months of rent from our COVID fund. And then we went a step beyond that and we created a needs list for her where um, a rack group, a random acts of kindness group could buy these things for her and her family. Mm -hmm. And within one day, every single item was fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling so incredibly proud of our church and mm -hmm. thankful for this family that got to receive support through this season. So church, thank you for serving through this time. That's just one of many stories. But we also want to highlight that you might need help and support through this season. So if you do, we want you to text HELP to the number on the screen. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You are not in this alone. We're in this together. So church, thank you again for serving through this time. Man, I love hearing that story and all so many stories that have come in of uh, people that we've been able to serve in our communities during this time. And that's because of you. So thank you for giving to Cornerstone. Uh, your generosity is allowing us to be the church in really tangible, impactful ways uh, for people. And so uh, I want to thank you for that. And man, if you aren't currently giving to Cornerstone, I'd encourage you to take that step today. Um, you can uh, scan the QR code or click the link in the chat and set up online recurring giving and be a part of uh, the, the impact uh, that we are having in people's lives uh, during this time. Uh, today, we get to continue in our series through the book of Psalms, and we're going to be unpacking probably the most beloved and well-known poem that has ever been written. Uh, and so Pastor Steve has a great message for us today. We're glad you're here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear 
no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thanks, kids. It's great hearing your voices reading this 3,000-year-old 23rd Psalm, a poem where King David, who had once been a shepherd, says, the Lord is my shepherd, Yahweh, uh, the, the God of Israel, uh, whose very name means I exist, I cause, um, I'm the God who makes it happen. Uh, he says, this God is my shepherd. It's cool because uh, David had chosen Yahweh to be his shepherd. Or maybe I should say Yahweh had chosen David to be uh, his sheep. A man who by the time he wrote the song was the king of Israel. Uh, the most powerful man in the nation. But as a boy, his kingdom uh, was a herd of sheep. And as a shepherd boy uh, out in those lonely fields, David learned a lot about life, about leadership, and about the Lord. He learned about God from being a shepherd. Later, the shepherd boy will become the shepherd king, a king who also needed, also wanted, a leader. So he says, that's the Lord. He's my shepherd. Now, as simple as that sounds, uh, there's no need for us to go further into the psalm without asking ourselves, are we going to apply this personally or are we just going to read a poem today? Uh, the question would be, are, am I going to be willing to allow the Lord to be my shepherd, to lead me where he wants me to go instead of where I thought I was going, uh, to provide for me what he thinks I need instead of what I think I need? I mean to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, it sounds so spiritual, so poetic, uh, but does it actually play out in my life or does it just cause frustration in me that I can't be the leader in my own life? Uh, to say that he's a shepherd implies that I'm a sheep. And the more I know about sheep, uh, the more I ask myself, yeah, do I want to identify as uh, a sheep? Do you know, how, do you know much about them? Uh, you know they aren't that smart, right? They'll do whatever the herd does. If one you jumps up startled, they all jump up. If one you runs, they all run. They don't even know why. Mainly because uh, they're defenseless. No fangs, no claws. Their only defense is running, and they're not that fast. I'm pretty sure that I could even outrun a sheep. Sheep are known to wander away for no good reason. They could be at a perfectly good pasture and they'll just get up and wander away when the shepherd's not looking. That's why the shepherd's always counting the sheep. And then when they wander away, they don't know a poisonous weed from a healthy blade of grass. Now, sheep are pleasant to look at from a distance. But when you get close, you discover they're dirty. Uh, their wool is filthy. Um, they stink. You know, you'll often see a cat um, cleaning her fur. Sheep, yeah, they never do that. They just live in their own stinky wool. You can teach a dog tricks, but have you ever heard of a sheep trainer? No. Roll over. No. 
Fetch. Nothing. Shake. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, sheep don't possess any behaviors that I would ever find on a motivational poster in any office uh, encouraging the team to come together and be more sheep-like. We don't need more leaders around here. We need more sheep. Be more dumb. Be more defenseless. Be more dirty. Come on, team. Let's all be sheep. Now, yet King David, the best king Israel ever had, came to the conclusion that he was at his best when he saw himself as a sheep needing to be led. Yahweh, David sings, is my shepherd, my protector, my provider, my leader. What a wise man to have recognized that the illusion of being in charge, the illusion of control, is exactly that. It's a fantasy. Pursued by people who still think they're in control. Well, I've been thinking that, about that a lot the last um, eight weeks. About how little of my life I actually control. Heck, I do well to just keep myself in control, much less the circumstances around me. Lately, the entire world is experiencing this same thing. We've been reminded of, a, of how little we really do control in this world, how much we are victims of circumstance or of other people's decisions or mistakes. So this calls for a leader, this calls for a shepherd, someone big, someone powerful who actually is in control. And today that's who we're talking about, the God of Israel who is also our God, the Lord, who really is in control. So I hope like King David, who wrote after years of life experience, I can also uh, speak from my experience as we soak for the next 30 minutes in Psalm 23. I'm just going to share from my perspective of someone my age, and you can take it for what it's worth. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will lack nothing that I truly need. If I truly need it, God will provide it. What a profound thought. Let's say it aloud. If I truly need it, God will provide it. Now already I hear myself as a younger man arguing with that statement, arguing with King David's thought. It sounds too good to be true, and I have evidence that points to the contrary. I know of situations in my life and others where God didn't provide what I'm 99% sure they needed. They were left wanting. So how can David say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? Well, I don't know. Let's ask him. When I study the life of David, I see how he is the perfect author of this phrase, I'm not going to want. Not because of all the times when God made his life easy or gave him what he wanted. Uh, it was actually when God made life difficult that I think David learned this. Remember his childhood. David was raised by a father who didn't believe in him. He didn't seem to think his son would amount to much. When Samuel came to anoint one of, one of Jesse's sons as king, he didn't even bother to call David in from the field. He was sure it wouldn't be him. You know, his brothers felt the same way. David wanted for a better family. And he never got that wish. But God was able to provide anyway, just differently than David wished for. He was anointed king in spite of his family. 
But then he's anointed king, but then he doesn't become king for a long time. Uh, he endured many years of being deprived of his rightful throne. Uh, I doubt he wanted that, but God allowed it. David was forced to flee from a jealously insane King Saul through barren countryside, always looking in the rearview mirror, drinking stagnant water, sleeping on the ground, missing all the comforts and companionship of home. Hardly the life of a crown prince. He endured years of acute hardship. Even later, his life as a king was filled with personal pain. Uh, one son died in infancy, another one rebelled uh, and died in that rebellion. He, he buried them both. But they say the best poetry is birthed in the deepest pain. And when David finally writes, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, we begin to trust that he knows what he's talking about. But you're listening to a very wise person who has really lived life. Not a naive Christian, not a preacher trying to rev us up with some kind of uh, life lesson that doesn't really work. No, this is David saying, If the Lord is my shepherd, I refuse to want. Now, this is obviously more than him saying, Because God is my shepherd, I get everything I want. That's not what he's saying here. No, it's more like, I'm going to decide to allow God to decide if I need it. And if I need it, God will provide it. So if he hasn't provided it, then I must not need it yet. Okay, friends, I'm going to speak from my experience now. If we could latch onto this thought and live like we believed it, uh, this one thought could simplify our behavior and increase our contentment overnight. If we could let go of the plan and let God decide, uh, we would truly live as if we wanted for nothing. Even though we still want things that we don't have, we would say, I'm not in charge of that. Now, some of you are already in that place. You're the ones that are handling the last two months so well. Uh, you have a contentment. You have a peace. It's enviable. Uh, you came to this realization a long time ago, sorting out once from needs. For others of us, these last two months are causing us to have to do that. And it's a healthy process where we learn to refuse to pine for what God is not providing today. Now, let's be clear. There's other scriptures that, that, that where, where even Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, pursue, work hard. But when it becomes clear to you that God is simply not providing what you've been asking for, at some point you have a decision to make to let go and let God be your shepherd. Choose to be his lamb. Now, the younger you fought that, you kept reaching for what God was providing, you felt discontent in those days. You hadn't learned yet that contentment doesn't come from getting everything you want. Contentment is just a choice. Finding satisfaction with what God has provided already. Deciding, I shall not want. I simply refuse to be dissatisfied with God's provision. You know, the great Apostle Paul was one of the most impatient people in his pre-Christian days. Even after he followed the Lord, every now and then you could see a flare of impatience in him. But by the time he wrote his letter to the Philippians, uh, he said it like this, I, I, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. 
I know what it's like to be in need. I know what it's like to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Jesus talked like this also about a daily dependence on God, a choice we make that simplifies our lives. Do not worry, Christ said, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that the truth? Christ's words have never rang truer than in this season when we have so much we could be worried about. So many of you have lost your jobs. So many of you students are wondering what will happen with school, with sports. The class of 2020, you lost the most. So much that you have been looking forward to was taken. And what about the future? What will the fall look like? There is so much we could be worrying about. Things that will happen tomorrow. But our shepherd tells us to take it one day at a time and to let him provide. Well, the sooner we allow ourselves to be God's sheep, the sooner we can be satisfied in the presence of our shepherd. The more we trust him to decide what to provide and when, the less we worry about the unknown future. All right, read on. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now stop and think there, and I think you would know this. For a sheep to lay down in the middle of a field would mean a couple of things. First of all, they've eaten their fill. They're in a green pasture. Second of all, they feel safe out there. There's nothing for them to worry about. The shepherd must be nearby, and he's encouraging them to rest. Now can I ask you a, a question? We've been in the new normal for over eight weeks now. Have you established a new rhythm of rest? Let's get that phrase rattling around our head, a rhythm of rest. Rhythm implies repetition. Rest implies inactivity. Let's think about our daily rhythm. You had one back in February. Uh, you had honed it. Uh, and now you have a completely new one that has been thrust upon you. The daily rhythm used to be busy. You jump up, you get moving. It might have included you dropping the kids off at school, going to work. Maybe you went out to lunch. After work, it was your Tuesday, Thursday spin class. Uh, your daughter's soccer game on Saturday, a barbecue with friends. There were the weekdays and then the weekends, and they were different. Well, May of 2020 looks nothing like February, does it? Question, how many of you are still wearing the same clothes you woke up in today? <laughs> okay, I got another one for you. What's the date today? Come on, quick, what's the date? Yeah, you had to think, didn't you? You didn't used to be that way. You know, that's what I, one of the things I loved about uh, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, it wasn't the chips and guac. Uh, it wasn't the, uh, you know, silly celebration of that. It was the fact that all day long I knew it was the 5th of May. That felt like an anchor point. It was the first day in May that I didn't have to think of what day it was, what date it was. So I just got to say, one of, the thing my, one of the things my soul misses during this season is the rhythm of my days. 
how my mornings used to feel different than my afternoons. David in this psalm reminds us that each day, each week, has to have a rhythm. A rhythm that includes rest. So let me ask you, is there a time each day for work and then a time to turn off the work? Or are you available 24-7 for texts and Zoom calls and emails? you got to get control of that. That didn't work for you in your life before COVID, and it's not working now. You need breaks. You need to allow yourself to lie down in green pastures. And not just each day. Is there a day each week that feels different than other days? Is there a Sabbath in your life? Um, Does a Monday feel any different than a Saturday? It used to, and that's why you could measure your days. This season has been exhausting because each day feels like the one before. We got to do something about that. It's not a physical exhaustion. it's It's a soul exhaustion. So I say this, let the Good Shepherd make you rest a bit each day, and then each week, take a full Sabbath. Reestablish your rhythm of rest. All right, good. Keep reading. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That feels great. I mean, how could you allow God to do this for you this week? For different ones of us, it'll be different. Uh, For the extroverted lamb, this might mean a long walk with a close friend. For the introverted lamb, it might mean grabbing some private time with a good book. Uh, For the extroverted lamb, it's a Zoom call to play a game with a group. For the introverted lamb, it's a cool drink of something under a nearby shade tree where people leave you alone. For all of us, it's an out loud, private conversation with God where we are telling God how we feel. And you know, when we, make, when we have a conversation with God, He can restore our soul because as we th- say things, we almost are kind of our own therapist. We hear ourselves crying out to God for what we need, and He wants to give us what we need. For some of you, in order for God to restore your soul, you would have to allow Him to restore your relationship with Him. Uh, Jesus spoke of a good shepherd who was willing to leave 99 sheep in order to seek and find one straying sheep. Maybe that's you today. Why not let Jesus find you there and spend the next few days letting him restore your soul with him? We've heard from so many of you that COVID-19 has brought you back to your friendship with God, putting you back on the right path. And in that way, it has been a real blessing. Uh, But if you want that to happen, and it hasn't really happened, but you'd like to be one of those people, maybe you need to talk with one of us as part of that process. You can access this link, and we'll respond to you with a Zoom or a phone call, and soon we'll be talking about uh, anything that's that's in the way between you and God, getting back to that shepherd-sheep relationship. All right, let's keep reading. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Wow, this phrase is loaded with meaning. Uh, The picture is one of the shepherds selecting the best path from a few options. Um, That there are other paths the sheep might wander down that are not the best ones. 
A good shepherd moves the flock down the very best paths, the paths that lead to the best destination. Maybe it's an old path towards a well-loved pasture. Maybe it's a new path towards something new. Uh, if sheep are left to themselves, they usually stick with the familiar spot, gnawing the grass down to the roots, drinking from the same hole. Even if a mile away, the water is much cleaner. Sheep just like the routine. But familiar paths aren't always his path for us. You know, I remember years ago beating my head against a wall, literally for several years, on my, in, 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 involving my ministry career. I decided there were certain things that I would and wouldn't do in ministry. I was looking for a familiar path, uh, just one away from my current job. I kind of wanted the same thing in a healthier environment. And to be honest, planting a church and then leading it through all the challenges was really not on my to-do list. But that was exactly the path that God had for me. He was going to lead me down. And it wasn't until I allowed him to lead me in that righteous path the cornerstone was born. I think some of you are in a similar situation. At the beginning of this year, you had set your course. But now you sense that God is changing the plan. There's a new path right in front of you. The right path. Now, maybe when David talks about paths of righteousness, uh, he's talking about the person that where their old paths actually led them toward unhealthy habits. Uh, and God is, is calling you now uh, to lead you away from those things and toward righteousness. You know, David could, could testify that his life's greatest regrets came after going down the wrong path. Uh, later, after God's grace had covered David's greatest sin, he encouraged us to, to let God be the shepherd who chooses our direction. Let God take us toward what we need and away from what could hurt us or others. One more thought. Look once more at the phrase in the poem, He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Focus on those final four words. Remember how David's family, the house of Jesse, never saw it coming that the baby of the family would ever accomplish much? That he would be the king of Israel? Well, I think some of you can relate. You've been on your own for a long time. Where your family could have encouraged you, uh, you got none of that. Well, all the more reason then to let the Lord be your shepherd and let us be your flock. Because we would love to support whatever you feel God is pushing you to accomplish for His name's sake. Uh, maybe what you will become is far beyond your biological family name. Maybe your new name as an adopted child of a wonderful father can give you a new name name and what you will be will be for his name's sake i love that all right read on even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me even if the path he has uh, taken me on even though the uh, the path that he has allowed feels dark uh, he's right there he's with us we can be assured that if He has allowed us to walk in this scary valley, that He is right there with us, closer than ever before. I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Okay, let's talk about this. The shepherd's two most important tools. 
and I have had the opportunity to observe shepherds at work both in the United States, in Kenya, and in the Middle East. Their methods vary, but all of them carry some type of rod or staff, and usually both. Now the rod is always the thick stick, maybe a couple feet long, with a knob on one end. The Maasai in Eastern Africa can accurately throw it end over end to peg a wild dog harassing the sheep. I've seen shepherds in Israel use their rod to examine the wool of the sheep, parting it to look for skin problems or bugs. Now, the staff is different. It's a longer, thinner stick that usually has a crook in one end. The shepherd can gently hook a lamb caught in a thicket and pull it up and out. The staff gently prods a ewe to keep up with the flock. Some breeds of sheep are prone to reject their own newborn baby if they smell too much like a human. So these shepherds can be seen moving that baby lamb toward the mother using the crook of their staff and never touching the newborn. On any given day, sheep needing a little affection can be reassured with some scratches from the shepherd's rod or staff. Like David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the more that we reflect on his rod and his staff uh, held in his capable and powerful hands, the sooner our fear dissipates and the more that we are comforted. I'd like some of us to sit with that for a while. We've got to move on. We're going to run out of time. Uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And this is the phrase that has long puzzled readers because it seems that in this one verse, David deviates from the sheep and shepherd metaphor to one of a host preparing a meal with enemies lurking nearby. So it helps to know that the Hebrew word table is what a shepherd would also call a mesa, a high plateau. The mesa or table that David refers to is the high country where the shepherd leads the sheep in the summer as temperatures in the valley rise and the grass browns. This is when the shepherd treks up into the hills in the spring to prepare the summer pasture. He walks the mesa before the sheep arrive in order to get it ready, clearing out all the poisonous weeds, finding the best water, and scouting out any nearby predators. When the table is set, when the table is prepared, the shepherd leads the sheep there to graze. He has to stay on guard the whole time against high country coyotes and mountain lions hungry after a long winter. But the shepherd is perfectly able to feed those sheep even with enemies nearby. Like how God can take care of us without clearing out all our problems first. He can care for you even if life presents very real challenges that we do refer to as enemies. And you know what? If you're a shepherd in your company, he can take care of your employees too, even as the economy suffers. He is there to care for us in this new place where enemies abound. Read on, you anoint my head with oil, David says. Like the shepherd anoints the sheep's head because summer is the season for biting flies that are out in force attacking the sheep's head. These flies are relentless as they feast on the sheep's blood and attempt to plant their eggs inside the sheep's ears and nose. It's pure torture until the shepherd takes out a flask filled with warm olive oil mixed with tar and sulfur, rubbing it on each of the ewes' heads to repel those flies. David, 
who had anointed his father's sheep every summer for many years in the lonely high country, wrote, I'm your sheep, God, and you anoint my head with oil. You keep away an enemy attempting to plant thoughts in my head. You know, I also think that when David reflects on his head being anointed, he would be remembering the day the prophet Samuel visited his father's house in Bethlehem with oil to anoint David as Israel's next king. My cup overflows, David writes, as he counts his blessings. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see how he's not pursuing those things? He's just following the shepherd, and then those things are just following him. Like Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything will fall into place. So with this psalm, the most popular of all the psalms, King David celebrates Israel's God, Yahweh, as his shepherd. You know, Micah predicted a coming shepherd to be born in Bethlehem. Listen to a few words of the prophecy where Micah predicted that Christ would come. Micah 5, verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in distant past, will come from you on my behalf. And he will stand to shepherd his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Well, Micah was talking about Jesus, and later Christ accepted that mantle, saying, That's true. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. And I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Do you know him? Because if you do, just like David, the Lord is your shepherd too. At least he wants to be. He wants to provide every need. He wants to lead us down righteous paths toward green pastures and still water, where we can be satisfied and then rest. He wants to prepare a table for us, even if enemies are nearby. He wants to walk with us through any dark valley. He wants to comfort us as He protects us so that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And He wants to teach us how to also be good shepherds, good parents, good bosses, good teachers, good good coaches, good leaders. So many of us are called to be shepherds in this season. Like David, who had the Lord leading him, the king was leading a nation. Like so many of you, leading the Zoom call, shepherding the company through the unknown. Uh, you teachers who are still teaching, but now your classroom is 30 screens with 30 young eager faces looking back at you because you're the shepherd. They're depending on you to teach them. So, let the Lord be your shepherd this week. Let Him be your leader, your protector, your provider, your path chooser. If there's a flock, large or small, depending on you to lead them, then lead them well. Follow Christ's example to do what He said to Simon Peter that day by the lake. If you love me, Christ said, then care for my sheep. Well, I think I'll wrap it up there and say a blessing over you. I love you, I miss you, and I want you to be well. And I say this, may the Lord bless you and keep you, the great shepherd of the sheep. May you rest in his presence. 
May you feast at his table, even in the presence of your enemies. May you find your satisfaction in him and your contentment in what he has provided. You shall not want. All right, sit still for a couple more minutes because I want you to hear a beautiful song that our worship leaders wrote for today. God bless you. Love you. The Lord is He is my shepherd I want for nothing
We're so glad you could join us today for church. I've got my mom here with me. So mom, happy Mother's Day. Love you and so glad I get to celebrate you later today. Oh, thanks, Matt. It's just, it's been a joy being your mom all these years. And just like every other mom out here, we love to come upon pictures to remember you, you know, guys when you really were little. that really wasn't part of the script. So thanks for showing that to everyone. Uh, well, we hope you get to celebrate and connect with your mom today or that special someone who played that mom figure in your life. And if you're new to attending church online, we're really glad you were with us today. We have a place you can go to get information, learn more about this church and why we know you'll fit in. So head on over to cornerstoneweb.org new and get started. And if you're new or if you're a regular and you're feeling the urge to take your next step or get a little more connected, then I would encourage you to go to our next steps page where you'll see some great recommendations on next steps that you can take in your faith journey. And we realize that this is a challenging time for many people. And so if that describes you, I want to remind you that we've got a whole care team here that would love to come alongside you and support you and to help you during this unique time. So please go to our care page. And I want to encourage you to continue being generous. As you are generous, it allows Cornerstone to move forward in our mission to help people locally and globally. Well, that's it. I uh, hope you're having a great day. And uh, please stick around in our chat room because we would love to say hi to you. And uh, we miss you guys. And uh, we'll see you next week.